The date is Friday, June 26th, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. On this episode, this month's special guest Jade takes us into the world of Instagram to show us how the process of making art has become its own form of entertainment. Enjoy! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Entertain This. Entertain This. Entertain This live, because we're actually back all together yeah, in the same place. So excited. Yeah. It's, it's brand nice new. to see your all's faces like, in person again. Yeah. It's a brand new day. We're it's all... a blessing and a curse. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, Shut up, but it's nice to be back around a real table with you guys having a, our conversation this week. Yeah. Um, round table conversation. Not only that, but we actually have brought a guest since this is the fourth week of the month. Mm-hmm, it is mm-hmm. the quick this guest episode. Uh, yeah. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you guys to our guest this week, and it's Jade. Hi. Hi, Jade. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, it's, it's been a while. Yeah. It's... I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah. Just to let everyone know, the joke is I'm Michael's girlfriend, so I literally see him every day, yeah. all the time. So. It's a great joke. It's yeah. solid. Yeah, we can move on. <laughs> you, got, you got the whole gang. So how long have you guys known each other? Uh... <laughs> we've, been, we've been dating for four years, yeah. but we've known each other for about a year and a half. Yeah. Oh, it's one of those kind of relationships. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was real okay. weird when we first met. One of know, those like three goats and a, yeah. a half-tamed ox kind of a situation. Yeah. Except it was like two Cokes and like a thank you. Oh. That's I've got really good. high standards. That's an American arranged marriage right there. <laughs> two Cokes and a Big Mac and you can marry my daughter. Soda pop. But Jade, what are we going to be talking about this week? Uh, this week we are going to be talking about uh, something like super art nerdy, but we're going to be talking about how process of art with the invention of social media has now become a source of entertainment. And in layman's terms. When people make stuff, it's fun to look at. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Way to bring it around. Nice. <laughs> Dumb down. I like it. So basically just to give myself a little qualifiers here and why I'm even allowed to have a respectable opinion on this is I am currently getting and finishing up my bachelor's of fine arts in visual communication design and I also have a formal education in web and social media for the artist and I've also worked at branding agencies where I've worked on social media campaigns so I have worked in social media with art a lot yeah in layman's terms she's done this yeah Yeah. (laughs) I think I think you're the first person besides the the uh the 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 uh, what are they called? Amusement Park episode oh, that has actually yeah, come yeah, in yeah. and qualified themselves to have an opinion. Yeah, because we definitely <laughs> never have. That's because we're not qualified to have an opinion. No. Hey, about. I have opinions and they need to be heard. <laughs> but do they matter? No. Uh, <laughs> do they actually have sustenance? Substance? What? You said it okay. first time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. First Substance. time. We'll get through it. It'll be fine. Um, what the. But so basically, <laughs> what we're going to be talking about, I have like a whole bunch of notes laid out in front of me because. Just if anyone doesn't know, a designer's job is like 80% research, 20% designing, and that's pretty much it. I spend most of my time researching a topic before I ever even get to put my hands in it. That's funny because a podcaster's job is like, from my experience at least, 3% research (laughs) and 97% just fucking going for it. And in the case of myself, Michael... It's about 0.5% research. <laughs> literally, okay, literally, I've seen Michael like 10 minutes before he starts one of these podcasts. He just like scratches some stuff down on a piece of paper and he's like, yep, that's good. I mean, for some people, Michael's episodes are their favorites because they come out the most like natural yeah, um, or the most organic. Yeah. So, 
I mean, it's everyone's personal preference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's nice to hear. I've never heard anyone say that. So, well, I don't actually good. talk to anyone besides you guys. So. <laughs> See, I'm You're the doing one a great who, like, job. Seeks people out, and I'm like, "What do you think of the podcast?" And they're like, yeah. "Stop asking me that." Chick Fil A. I see you twice podcast? a week for some reason. Yeah, you're the man on the ground. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm the the man live in the sky. Extra, oh, extra, God. read all about it. Come Entertain this guy. I'm desperate. <laughs> I do the same thing. It's okay. But to kind of get okay, so to start us off here to get us kind of like back on track, I want to define a few things for you guys. So going into this, so people can understand what the heck and heckity heck I'm talking about. Um, so basically, the process. Whenever I refer to something being a process, it's literally anything that's not the final product. So it could be um, it could be sketching, it could be ideation, it could be like a wheel throwing video, it could be basically anything until it's finished. I consider and is considered the process. And so then I want to kind of talk on the difference between art and design and how social media has affected those two fields very differently. And we're going to be focusing on art today. Mm-hmm. So the difference between art, my best, the best way it was ever told to me was that art is a question to an answer and design is an answer to a question. Mm. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Answer to a question. Okay. So if it's something that feels like it has its own opinion, then it's probably art. Gotcha. Okay. So that's a lot of things like anything from wheel throwing to painting and drawing to photography to, I mean, even cake decorating can be considered an art. Right? Can we do a quick little impromptu game? Yeah. Where we throw things at you and you tell us if they're art or if they're design. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, it's a fuzzy line. Too. Mm-hmm. It's a very it fuzzy yeah. line, and some people may disagree with me. What Speaking about those fancy parents. rich people water faucets that turn into a waterfall? What turn are you talking into a waterfall? about? Yeah, you know, those ones where they turn it on, and instead of the water coming straight out the faucet, they, like, fall over a, like, half-cut-off pipe and, like, cascade oh. into the sink. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Okay, the question, are you asking me the fact that the water does that or the fact that it was made that way? I'm asking vaguely <laughs> that thing that I'm looking at, that faucet, is that is art or is that design? If it was, I would say that it would be, I would say it would be art okay. because it is not solving a problem. But the problem is I can't wash my hands. <laughs> the problem is I you can't flex about being rich. See, here's the thing. If it was design, <laughs> okay. it would be any faucet, right? Okay. So if it was a designed mm. faucet, mm-hmm. it was designed by an artist. So mm-hmm. therefore it is art. So what about a quilt? A quilt? Art. Mm. Okay. That one I get. What about but the problem light is not bright design? design? What is it? Light bright design. Arguably, it's art, but that doesn't necessarily mean, in my personal opinion, it's very good art unless it's done very well. You've never seen some of my fucking light bright work. <laughs> what about a hoodie? The hoodie itself? Again, I'm looking at it. <laughs> and I'm like, is this the person who it made would, the hoodies art, or is this it a would design? Depend. I think it would depend. Yeah. So a lot of what happens in art, if people are like, I scribbled on a piece of paper, that's art. And it's like, the difference between something just being an item and like being a utilitarian piece versus something being made as an art piece is intention. Mm. Okay. Hmm. So, so it's really it up to whoever intention. makes it yeah. as to whether or not it is art yeah. or if it's design. Because if someone puts their heart and soul into that faucet, even though all it does is deliver water, it's because great. of its design and how it's made, that's what makes it art. Yeah. 
Okay. So now that yeah. we have a, a very clear distinction yeah. between what <laughs> using, is art and what is design. Using many contrived examples. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had to figure it out. Yeah, you know fine. what? We got there. Um, got there. The main difference, it seems, is if the person who made it said, this is my heart and soul. Yeah. That's art. Well, it doesn't even have to be my art and soul because there are literally artists. There was an artist who was just in the news this past year where he taped a banana to a gallery wall. Mm, heard about this. Yep. Taped a banana to a gallery wall. They're like, this is fine modern art. And everyone's like, it's a banana taped to the yeah, wall. Yeah, and then the guy came up and ate it. Yeah, and then he came. It was performance art. That's yeah. actually what it was because this banana was valued at like $3 million by this artist. Something crazy like that. He walks up to the wall. No one knows it's him, right? He just steps over the little guard thing, walks up, takes it down, peels it, and eats it. And the whole piece wasn't the banana on the wall, but it was the performance of him like scaring everyone into thinking that he destroyed this piece of art. Mm. So the art was not the banana. The art was the experience. That is really cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I think it was Banksy. Yep. yep. Yeah, I, I was thing. just about to say the same <laughs> he, thing. Yep. He made the painting that yeah. they... He sold, sold it, he sold it at an auction. Is that what mm-hmm. it, I thought yeah. he told them not to sell it, and then they did sell it at an auction? No, the, no. he purposefully made it for it to be sold at an auction, brought yes. it in a custom frame, yes. mm-hmm. and as soon as it sold, mm-hmm. it shred. Because yeah. that the was the art. Yep. And apparently the guy who bought it, he's like, I'm not even mad. Yeah. Of course he's not. Because he's buying a Banksy piece. It's yeah. kind of what he expected. He's right. Like, he's bought confetti at that point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that still no one knows who Banksy is. It's great. It's yeah. one of my favorite mysteries. He it could literally be up. anyone. Hey. Mm-hmm. For, could be for Black Lives Matter, he put up a new piece. Oh, Banksy. What did he do? He put up a new piece for Black Lives Matter. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Good guy. Yeah. So the other thing I want to... <laughs> refocusing. So yeah, the yeah. other thing I want to talk about is the different is entertainment and what qualifies entertainment so basically entertainment is anything that is an event performance or an activity that is made to entertain okay yeah yeah right? i think so that just, we i think that we at least keep into that yeah yeah, yeah. When well, we, we talk about the things that we talk about yeah i think yeah. so just wait until next week when i talk about anime butts <laughs> you, really do you hear my voice crack when I say that? <laughs> <laughs> he got a little that was too the excited. sheer nervousness coming through. <laughs> yeah. just like, huh? The next episode will be about political science, and okay. that's not entertaining at all. <laughs> it happens. And then the other thing is like clarifying what a performance is. And the reason I want to add these parameters onto things is because there are some people who argue that this process is not entertainment because it's not like a performance but when you look at what a performance actually is it is the action or process of carrying out or accomplishing an action a task or a function hmm. so that's the that actual means getting up in the morning is a performance <laughs> to yourself it yeah. A perf- yeah it's a performance yeah. for yourself i think that's the definition of perform like performance as in like i'm performing a task yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So they're actually, the definitions were very, very similar. So the other one was basically this with the added bit of to entertain. Okay. Gotcha. Hmm. So if, That makes sense. So if we know that you're, you're entertaining someone by creating something for enjoyment, and a performance is anything that is made to entertain, then pretty much everything on social media is entertainment. Yeah, I could see that. That's fair. Yeah. Totally fair. Mm-hmm. So... So we have to take into consideration that when social media came about, it was initially just kind of like put in this corner of like selfies and, you know, like when it was a little baby Instagram, it wasn't this huge thing. It was all about like life updates and food pictures. It was very Facebooky. Yeah. Yeah. 
Do you guys remember what your first Instagram post was? No. I can find it because I've only got like six. Yeah. I know that my first Instagram post was a picture of the Incredible Hulk on a special edition of Dr. Pepper. And I thought that it was the coolest thing. And I think the caption that I added was, I will collect them all. That was the only one that I got. My first Instagram post is me being death stared from DJ Pauly D when I ran into him in Panama City Beach, Florida. Hell yeah. All right. Yeah. Mine's so wholesome. Can I see that? There's that boy. Mine is so wholesome. (laughs) Mine is a photo of literally from like nose up of my face and my three younger brothers in the backseat of the car when we first went to go see my college campus. Hmm. It's so cute and wholesome. And then my second one is them again. It's so cute. It's from 2015, guys. Uh-huh. It's from five years ago. Yeah, it's it kind of a late adopter but Instagram. <laughs> but we posted those, and it, I mean, maybe inadvertently, but yes, to entertain. Mm-hmm. At the time, maybe the 10, 20 Seconds. people from our high school who we wanted to know. I drank Dr. Pepper, you saw Polly D, and mm-hmm. you love your family. That's, yeah. that's why we did it. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, when you have something like this platform and you have art, art historically has been very bad about gatekeeping mm-hmm. and a lot <laughs> yeah. of t- it's been so bad about gatekeeping i mean it's been bad about being exclusionary to different groups of people different ages of people different types of people different niches of content if you did not fit what the gallery wanted you didn't get a job and that's changed so much i mean even in the past five to ten years it has changed incredibly because now you can go on Instagram and get Instagram famous. Right. Mm -hmm. You can make money without ever stepping foot in a gallery and it's provided this whole other platform for art. And it's also allowed people to reach different niches of the world that they couldn't reach before. And with that, you had this flood of people who are now not just sharing their work because it started off people were just posting the good stuff, right? The Mm -hmm. end product. What people weren't seeing were the hours and hours and hours of work that goes into that end product. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know people who have painted pieces for their senior exhibition that literally took them three months, basically full-time, to paint one painting. I think I actually saw a comic on this very subject. Was it SKDC? This week. (laughs) Um, But it was art before and it showed Mm -hmm. Leonardo da Vinci and he's like I worked two years to paint the Mona Lisa (laughs) and then somebody else was like look at this comic that I drew and it was the comic of da Vinci (laughs) and it's like two days and that's the other thing I mean you have this like incredible opportunity for everyone on the internet who wants to create has now the ability and the platform to create yeah yeah. we have computers right we have computers now we have digital art we have uh, photography and like photography in the last like two decades has transformed incredibly well i mean we all have like essentially dslr cameras in our pockets you can take a photo with your pocket camera and you can then edit it on your pocket camera and then you can upload it all from the same device so like yeah. it's ex- in some ways it has expedited the whole process and in other ways it's allowed people to use their process as an asset versus something that's going to set them back. Mm-hmm. Because years and years ago, if you wanted to put something out, you had to work for months and just cross your fingers and pray that it turned out good and that someone wanted to buy it. Now what we have is we have creators, 
And I actually saved earlier today, all throughout today, I've been saving videos of process. Hmm. And I think I've probably saved 15 to 20 posts through my feed. And granted, mine is like curated to art, so I see a lot of art. Hmm. But even still, just in like the past five or six hours, I've seen like 10 to 15 process posts hmm. or time lapses or wheel throwing videos yeah. or carving videos that are all entertainment and they're all this way to extend their reach to their audience and extend the experience of their art. Yeah. So like you actually introduced to me like kind of this whole space of social media by I think first showing me an Instagram person named Tortoise. Yes. Uh, his name used to be Tortoise Copenhagen, but mm -hmm. I think he finally got the rights to his, like, just Tortoise. Yeah. Uh, but he is a wheel thrower on Instagram. And the reason why I bring this up is because one of the things that I've seen him do a lot recently is build, like, go through the process of throwing these beautiful pieces that are full of, like, intricate detail work and then just for at the end for him to just like destroy it yeah because it's just like it's not about the actual piece it's mm -hmm. about the process of making and it. he puts mm -hmm. that in the captions of mm -hmm. his videos yeah, he does or i like that he also uh posts um short clips of like him spending hours like making this beautiful vase and then just, at the end of it it literally like topples over and explodes on him and you just see his face as he's like laughing and he's like that's a part of it yeah like mm -hmm. So, and that's stuff that you you wouldn't have gotten. Right. And I ago. and I think like not to take over your time, Jay, no, but I, I, I think that like one of the really special things about that is it's helped to eliminate the whole gatekeeping of yeah. art because there's no gate. Well, there's no fence. Well, when yeah. you see <laughs> it's not just about seeing the end product of these people putting out beautiful pieces. You're seeing what these people while they're still putting out beautiful pieces, mm -hmm. you're still able to see the times where they like, quote unquote, fail yeah. or where yeah. they don't put out stuff that is up to par. Because you're seeing their full process. I mean, I could mm. honestly make a whole podcast about how failure is bullshit and you just got to keep trying. Oh, for sure. But I've heard that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. here's the thing. So uh, along with all my social media stuff, I also have a background in ceramics. So like, that's where I found Tortoise, and that's how I showed it to Michael. Right. Um, I can't get over that. He destroys his own piece. Yeah, so here's mm -hmm. the... I mean, it's incredible. So anyone who hasn't done wheel throwing or anyone who doesn't know what the heck I'm talking about... The movie Ghost, the scene where like he wraps around her arms. Good. Mm -hmm. That's exactly Good <laughs> that's what we're talking about. <laughs> nice. So you have this basically spinning wheel that you throw a piece of mud on, and you're oh, yeah. trying to yeah. like get that's, it. Okay, I get it. That's called throwing. Yeah. No. You, you literally like, throw it. Yeah, that's how you always see in the movies, like people mm -hmm. making pottery and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they got the you know. The wheel with the spinning really fast—it's that—it's that art thing that everyone's like, "Oh, this is so easy!" Like the main it's, character goes to do yeah. it and like it squishes all the money. Yeah, no, I experienced that firsthand last year. Yeah. It was—it oh, it sucked. You're like, a, a, you're like a big gawking man, so you can't get your little your, your big old hands in those little petite curves. It wasn't even that. No, it was the fact that like I was. I was pushing it too hard. Do you hear how angry he's getting? Big old man, strong hands. <laughs> it's the finesse. Yeah. So I actually did wheel throwing for about two years, and I actually considered switching my major over to wheel throwing. That's how much I love it. It's phenomenal. <laughs> it's so cathartic. And what's cathartic about it is that you do the process over and over and over and over again until you get it right. And by get it right, I mean get it close to what you thought. And then the clay says, go screw yourself. I'm going to be what I want to be anyway. Yeah. 
and then you just got to deal with that. What it's like raising a child. Well, and then the other thing too is like <laughs> you get you get like you get both the like aesthetic please yes. like pleasure of watching it form, oh, but so there great. comes the like the physical side where you feel it form with like in your hands. It's, yeah. it's so great. Yeah. But what's what's nice is that I think wheel throwing specifically, ceramics specifically, has this really great place of a po- number one popularity on social media, a very open availability to apply to Instagram because once they added video, changed the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The addition of video completely changed the game because now you have overhead videos of wheel throwers and it's like in the same category as ASMR. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So like people are watching this to calm down. Or those like yeah. ooh satisfying videos. Yeah. I was going to say, like, do you I'll think... Be satisfying, yeah. How, how, how much <laughs> of this like whole process uh, popularity do you think came from the whole uh, boom of oddly satisfying videos. Mm. I think a lot of it. Well, I think it was starting to catch on when, you know, artists are posting process videos over time. So you're getting, Mm. like, a photo every couple of days over the course of, like, three to six months, Mm. right? So if you care about this art or you Mm -hmm. like their art, typically you see a finished product, you go, how did they make that? And then you go back to their Instagram and you go through their feed, right? So it's a yeah. really great tool for mm-hmm. artists to pull people onto their page and extend that attention. You only have about one, I think it was like a half a second to a second to get someone's attention. On yeah, especially media. on social media. Yeah. <laughs> like if like I see the same thing, you see how fast I scroll through stuff. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. Swipe, 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 you know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You, you have no time. So any tool that you have in your toolbox to extend the amount of time someone's eyes is on your stuff, the more likely they are to follow you, the more likely they are to see your stuff again and to share it and for other people to share it because algorithms are bullshit and that's just how it works. Yeah. Another thing I think it's important to consider while we're on the subject of like the tools given to mm-hmm. you. Um, these apps have developed over time with the development of the iPhone and the things that the yes. iPhone is capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Like, you would never have seen uh, 10 years ago a phone that was capable of slow-mo. Right. Or, more importantly, a phone that was capable of time-lapse. And I feel like time-lapse mm-hmm. is really one of those tools that once that mm-hmm. was introduced into the social media network, like, I can use time-lapse on my phone mm-hmm. to show me, make a pot that takes me hours in 10 seconds. Yep. Yeah. And it's just, like, goes up. And then that's it. It's there. And that's what makes it so satisfying. It's like that artificially fast, but just close enough. It's like the uncanny valley of art process. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not going to sit there and, you know, stoop over your shoulder for however long it takes to make a, a piece of pottery. Yeah. Like, that's a long time, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's all, making art takes, like, a lot of effort and time and mm. skill because it turns out it's hard. Yeah. And then you, you have know? social media. It's so like, here's a five-second time lapse. Yeah. yeah. And I, th- what I, think- I, I will say, like, one of the things that threw me for a loop, though, was it uh, unknowingly makes it, makes art seem a lot easier than yes. it looks. Oh, yeah. my Lord, yeah. yes. That See, is definitely something that's happened. I was going to argue that I think the fact that now we're able to see the process in, like, shading and in, like, making pottery or, like, mm-hmm. sculpting, I think is a really good example um if you guys have ever watched those videos of people like just taking a block of clay Mm -hmm. and like slowly sculpting it into like Mm -hmm. your favorite character like this realistic version of this thing and whatever they're doing i think being able to see that process almost humanizes the artist Mm -hmm. um, who if you were just looking at that like beautiful sculpture you would be like how the hell did they do that right 
But because you now have this opportunity to watch them physically make it, you're like, yeah. maybe I could do that. And to yeah. bring it back around, it's because you saw them do a performance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. I could do that. Anybody can do the, this. The big one that gets me is like I got into a really big like drawing kick for a little while. Mm-hmm. And so I was following a lot of people who were like doing these incredible, incredible like character drawings and things of that nature. And watching these time lapse, I guess not watching the time lapse because I would watch them on like Twitch mm-hmm. and things of that nature. Right. And Real time. I'd see them like just doing all this quick stuff where it's just like, that's a shape. That's just a shape. That's a shape. And then I look away for five minutes and come back and it's like, that's a person. That is a full fledged yep. person. And it's just like the whole idea of like just when you watch it actually happening. Mm-hmm everything falls into place and makes sense because these people are so good at what they do. Right. right. And, yeah. and then it, and then I went to go try and actually do it, and I got so pissed. <laughs> it's like, it's a circle. Why isn't it a circle? Oh, it raised your confidence up by watching. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For sure. Then you come in, I'm going to do this and do like, that. Do you remember that episode yeah. of SpongeBob where Squidward is teaching the drawing class to SpongeBob? Mm-hmm. You got to be the like marble. Squidward. Well, first I start with a face of Da Vinci, and then I erase the finer details, and then boom, perfect circle. <laughs> it's so simple. Like The elements of any piece of art are just these minute little simple things. Yeah. But you take a lot of simple things and put them into one particular thing, and then it becomes this grandiose... Yeah. All of a sudden, you have the Sistine Chapel, you know? Yeah. Right. So so here's something that's actually really interesting that's a little bit more related to my field as a designer. We are actually, in our portfolios, encouraged... And Nick gets this, because mm-hmm. he has a back... He has a graphic design degree. <sighs> you blew my cover. <laughs> He's an art nerd, too. It's fine. Um, but what we're encouraged to do is actually document our process, because a lot of designers don't give a shit about the end product. Like, honest to God, if you go into a job interview, they don't want to see your pretty stuff. They want to see your ugly shit. They want to see how you got there. Mm-hmm. And they want to see your ideation, your sketches, the stuff you didn't put in. Why didn't you put it in? Mm-hmm. And there's all this thought and value in my field and our field specifically that is on the process with very little shits given about the end product. Yeah, because in my experience, whenever you have the end product, you have to get it approved by somebody, right? Mm -hmm. There's somebody over being a gatekeeper, like we said before, but that says yes or no, basically. Yeah. Pass or fail. And then, well, can you change this? Yeah. Can you change that? Can you make the logo a little bigger? Yeah. And then it's like, (sighs) you have this end piece of shit product that you didn't even like. (laughs) How did this mutated being become out of my brain? And then it's like, which is probably why they don't care so much when yeah. you're like learning and going through getting your degree. Yeah. Well, and just from just from is. like looking at someone's process, you can tell so much about who they are as a worker yeah. and mm-hmm. how well you can gel with them and be like a good team. Yeah. Because yeah. like you're seeing exactly the process they took. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if they were willing to do give and take and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. I want yeah. to apologize in advance to Nick because he's the one who designed our. Uh, logo mm-hmm. we entertained this one and i remember <laughs> our our first week we had a completely different one than the one we had next because he had posted that one and i was like <laughs> that if we did it. this and i like <laughs> threw him a bunch of random stuff and i was just like what if we did that and then the next week he had the one that we're currently using yeah and i um, love it I and that's care. kind of the process yeah but, but i did like i was like hey can you make us a logo and he's like what do you want it to look like and i remember all three of us were, were standing there when i said it i was like 
just do whatever you think's right. Oh, and Nick, <laughs> and Nick immediately was like, this is going to be bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any designer, any artist, any commissioned artist, any commissioned designer, if your client looks at you and goes, I don't care, just do what you want. And you go, no, you have opinions. You just don't know you have opinions. Tell me what you want. <laughs> yeah, tell me what you want. I'll give you what you and want. That's you where, just have to tell that's me. That's where, yeah. like, the whole process of coming up with, like, these tiny bits of things yep. and just throwing these, like, things that are like pseudo garbage out to them so that way they just like oh wow this idea not picking something really out good. of the void yeah. but actually <laughs> picking from a concrete example it's almost yeah. like breaking a password if you know anything about hack- hacking um, <laughs> but you feed like the thing you're trying to crack a million different garbage pieces right. and then every so often like a, a particular phrase or yeah, yeah, it's about like pattern matching. Yeah, it's about yeah. pattern matching, and every so often it'll be like, "Yeah, that works," mm-hmm. and it's like, "All right, cool. Now I got the route in." Yeah, I think yeah. what I said to you was, "What if we did something comic booky? What if we like made yeah. it pop?" And you were like, "Say no more." Then you said, "Being <laughs> a graphic designer is a lot like." I said, "Don't make it. We gotta don't, say that. <laughs> don't make it pop. I don't make things pop." <laughs> okay, but have you seen our logo? It, it literally pops. Okay. Uh, but it's not pop. Pop is different. I see. Yep. Pop is its own category. Different. Different. Can you make it bigger? The colors aren't working. Oh my Shut god! Up. So so much of graph design is interpreting that shit. Yes. Like it's like like well I I want it to feel more modern. Okay, use a large thin uh, sans serif sans font. Got to be sans serif. Yep. Uh, make it slightly off black. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, make it look like Apple. Well, here's the <laughs> difference. Much, yeah. When someone says contemporary and they mean modern, because contemporary and modern mean different things. That's, That's what I, in my experience, they're, they're interchangeable. In, in the, in the world, world of people who don't know design, they're interchangeable. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's like for me, it's like I understand the difference between like modern and the difference between modern and contemporary. Yeah. Right. So it's like when I think of something contemporary, I'm thinking more towards Vogue. Right. Oh. So okay. that's contemporary. When I think modern, I think much more of like techie. Like that Apple. could be an interpretation. That's here's hmm. the thing: words are hard, man. Yeah. Words yeah. are hard. Turns out words have a lot of different meanings. Yeah. <laughs> it's so annoying. The, and also the English language is bullshit. It's really bullshit. <laughs> okay, so now I want to ask you guys, when was the last time that you saw something that was progress based art on Instagram? Like what do you guys ever see that on your social media feeds? I saw one very recent. Um, It was actually super interesting because Alex Hurst, who made um, Gravity Falls, which is a show that I've talked about on our podcast before Mm -hmm. during the, I think, um, ARG episode. Um, That was about the statue in the middle of the forest in Portland. Correct. I remember hearing this. A sculpturist made one of the main characters whose name is Grunkle Stan. Mm Mm-hmm out of clay mm-hmm. and then he casted it and he painted it and made it like superhuman realistic that's creepy um yes it is <laughs> and then he like mounted it as though it were like a mounted deer yep. and then he gave it to the creator i love it and the creator like looked at it and was like at a gas because like he was incredibly impressed just by like the piece of art mm-hmm. so i jumped back and i like watched every single step of them making yeah. it See, like what, bringing it back, like what did I say earlier? They got your attention with a finished product and you felt the need to go look at their process. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I often get pulled into like one hour YouTube videos where it's like time lapse of me Mm. sculpting a link 
love that. And like stuff like that. I just really love watching like the different tools that they use and like how they get like the texture of the hair in and mm. stuff like that. Speaking of like the different tools, another thing that has recently come up, and maybe just because this is because I like lettering, but I've seen a lot of Instagram videos where people are like trying a new tool and like they're doing calligraphy with a fork. Oh yeah. Hmm. Calligraphy yeah, is like, another one where they, it's like they dip the fork in ink and they use it instead of like a proper pen. Right. I can see that. Yeah. That actually kind of goes into one that I was just thinking of is like the entertainment of the process as the finished product. Yes. So like what another I another it's thing that like I'm talking that about. Gallery experience we were talking about earlier. Yeah. But like specifically what I'm thinking of is there is a YouTuber called Smooth McGroove where he does acapella covers of popular video game songs. Mm -hmm. And what he actually does is like he will do the voice or do the sound for all the different like instruments and everything. But each one is its own video and essentially a grid of videos. Yes, that oh, okay. was a thing yeah. that. Okay, so do you guys ever hear about? Oh, oh that's Jesus, terrifying. that's creepy. Yeah, sorry. Oh. I just found the picture of Grunkle Stan. That's terrifying. Mounted on the wall, and that's Alex Hurst. Oh, can I see the that? Guy gotcha. Who makes that boy. I'm glad he's falls. so excited about it. Yeah, I mean, he loves fan art and stuff like that. I yeah. wish I, I wish I had the know-how uh, to show him the book that I made. Oh yeah, yeah, that I've hanging on my wall in my room because it's really impressive. If I may toot my own horn. Mm. Speaking of tooting That's my own terrifying. horn, uh, let me. Let me just do a little plug for my, my drawing account at oh, yeah. Drawing Nick. <laughs> I mean, now on, is the episode to do it. On yeah. Instagram. Yeah. I haven't really... You should make some more process videos. I haven't done a single process yeah. video. Most yeah. of it's just based on my story. Like, I'm drawing. Here's me drawing some more. It's like... <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I, you're, you're planting seeds of ideas right mm -hmm. now that I might do in the future. Who knows? Because um, creating is fun, and I want to share it with the world. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, and I mean, I think I said this before when you brought up the drawing account on the podcast um at nice drawing you, nick there there is there is a process because if you go back to his first post and you just scroll quickly through all of his drawings you slowly see nick start to pick up on like Ooh. shading and like how mm -hmm. like certain shapes work with other ones and like he's revisiting the same characters and like does more detail and you actually see nick because i think that was kind of the goal of this um sure this account that you were working <laughs> sure. on maybe it wasn't but it's what ended up happening was he was like I like drawing, but I'm not very good at it. And he's, like, slowly getting really good at it. I he's, love that. I love that. The idea of the entertainment of the process of mm -hmm. getting better. Yeah, yeah and he's getting really good. Because no. Instagram... <laughs> because of how old Instagram is, you got to think, if you're, a, if you're an artist, if you're a creative, and you start drawing, how old is Instagram? Like, at least 10 years old, right? 2010? Mm, I don't know, but up. that makes me feel old. <laughs> I, I remember when Instagram came out. Um... It's old enough it to be yeah. considered. Uh, well, I think Facebook was like the granddaddy of them all. Yeah. Right? And then you had. Well, you Twitter. had before well, Facebook. You had MySpace. Yeah. So Everyone Instagram forgets about MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. MySpace. It's like existed. so far in the past. It's just, who cares about MySpace anymore? Well, Instagram was actually released by Facebook. Right. No wait, no. No, it Facebook wasn't. Bought. Yes. Instagram. Yes. That's Facebook what buys a lot and then of they things. did the whole like. <laughs> October 6, 2010. Was yes, the and then it was bought two years yep. later for a billion dollars yeah. uh, by Facebook. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like so it's mastermind. owned by Facebook. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think Facebook dollars. also owns Snapchat now. Maybe. Probably. Because I remember... But we're not talking about that when process. Insta <laughs> well, here's I think Facebook is a parent of Instagram. Instagram bought Snapchat, so Facebook owns all three. Yes. So, but anyways, because they added the stories on Instagram, and everyone's like, that's just from Snapchat, and everyone threw a fit about it. 
we bought them. Stop talking about it. We, we bought them. I remember <laughs> the first time I ever used Snapchat was just to uh, take pictures of my friends and then draw dicks all over their faces there you and go. send it to yeah. them. And it's the process of the art. Exactly. It's the process <laughs> of drawing the <laughs> son the face. It was, it was really funny because it was like at the time I was like a super big Christian boy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I took a picture of my like ministry teacher uh, and I just drew a large Oh no! Uh, coming right out of him and sent it to him, and he just looked at me like during the middle of ministry. Just like, why? Nick's gonna bleep out all of the describing words, and that. that's why I use the word. We're gonna do it anyway. I self censor. Now you're just like beep beep beep. So um, I was just shown this really fun. I think this is Tumblr. Yeah, this is a Tumblr post. And it is basically the first photo says first draft. Mm-hmm. And it is basically hands holding like this clump of clay. It's like wet and gross. And then the, fir- the second image says second draft. And it's a very like simple vase, which is actually I've made one of these. It's not easy to make. Third draft is a carved vase. Final draft is like glazed and beautiful and perfect and like photographed mm-hmm. wonderfully. And it's a really nice little quote. It says, never get distur- discouraged by your first draft. If you work at it long enough, you'll bend and mold it into your hands until it transforms into whatever you wish. And I think this is really interesting because now not only has it gone from Instagram, but it's also on Tumblr, right? So you see stuff like that. And it's across more than just like Instagram. It's also on TikTok. It's on Reddit. It's on mm-hmm. um there are different comic book forums where people talk about like the process of drawing your favorite comic book characters. I mean, the idea of an artist sharing their process for entertainment has really expanded across the entire internet. I, as you said, TikTok, I just remembered an account that I follow that I never would have even considered bringing up in this podcast when we first started talking about it. But now I realize that we're talking about such an over-umbrella kind yeah. of like yeah. subject. And it's literally just that... Now, not only is the art entertainment, but also making the art hmm. is entertainment. Uh, is entertainment. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I want to talk about um, is there's this this TikTok account of this man who is turning a a yard sand uh, what what, like what a sandbox sandbox yeah it's a sandbox boat sandbox boat yeah so it's a, a boat that you put in your yard you fill it with sand it has the little like uh, like captain's uh, wheel and like the kid can pretend they're sailing but also play in the sandbox oh that's cute he's oh, turning like turtle, that yeah. he's yeah. turning that into a real tugboat like oh, excuse me with yeah with every like upload that he does so he's like building on he's like making it like water resistant he put in a motor he gave it like windshield and windshield wipers and like oh, gave geez. it he's turning it into a legitimate seafaring boat hmm. yeah this, this kid's boat and it's the process of him building this boat that I've been watching for like the last two months. Yeah, of see, him like doing he, this. He's pulled you in for two months worth of content. Think about that. Yeah, and I mean, he's doing other stuff on the side, but like I'm not paying attention to that yeah. stuff. <laughs> look, look, very first video. Yeah, that's him. Huh. He's just like, look he at is, my boat. Here's my boat. Yeah, he's like. Right now, he is uh, putting fiberglass on the bottom of it. That's crazy. This is uh, Rusty Van Ranch on. Uh, Twitch, or not, sorry, not Twitch, on TikTok, the other T social media. Um, <laughs> go look him up. Go watch his process. It's super interesting. So here's my next question. Another thing I wanted to bring up with everybody 
is we all know these are popular, right? And they're getting to the point where we don't even notice that they're process work anymore. You're like, oh, that's just another series, right? You're like, oh, that's just another drawing video. Or oh, he's that, just building a boat. Or he's just building a boat, right? Mm-hmm. That we don't think about it of like, oh, he's like making a thing, you know? We don't think about it that way. Yeah. It's just content. It's just entertainment at this point because of how saturated it actually is in our social media feeds. Hmm. The next thing I want to like ask you guys is like, why do you find it entertaining? And like, I have my own personal answer for this, but like, have you ever thought about like, why is this entertaining? Why do I even want to watch this in the first place? Yeah. Um, for me, it's like, I, it really depends on what I'm watching. Cause like there's definitely like tortoise. It started off as just being like incredibly satisfying. Mm-hmm. But now it's also like I because now I've learned a little bit of like wheel throwing, mm-hmm. like how it happens. Yeah, it's like I'm learning as I'm watching it, and now I watch it to pick up on those little nuances. Yeah, and then like that along with like some other like art process, like drawing, like drawing something with when I got into it, like I watched to see the techniques that they implement and how they implement them. Mm-hmm. So for me, it kind of a evolved from entertainment into like drive to learn right it's almost like it's and you're playing into what my answer was going to be as well which is it's almost like subliminal learning because i'm watching it because i enjoy watching it but also i later find like i now know like how to throw a, a vase like if i were to be put on a spinning wheel i feel like i am confident enough to know that i need to wet the clay and be you know gentle as you're doing stuff. it. Yeah. yeah. I know yeah. I know enough basic things. Not not I don't want to step in your court here. You're the professional. <laughs> but I know that I could probably make a pretty gross looking mug that would hold water. I could hand you a, a piece of clay and go, um, try. And you'd be like, I know the steps. I don't know how to do the steps, but I know the steps. I think I I think I could confidently enough make a cup, but it would look ugly. Oh, you say that. I think you could make Test him. I think you could honestly I think you might throw it off the wheel. Cause That's actually probably it, true. If the, you spin it too fast, it'll literally like throw itself off of the wheel. Yeah. Ooh. The first time, the first <laughs> time you do wheel throwing, it never goes well. No, it doesn't go well for like the first. <laughs> even if, six even if you have an idea of what you're doing, it doesn't go well. We mm-hmm. talked about corporate outings for entertain this, and I think that wheel throwing might actually <laughs> that would be actually be incredible. Corporate we can outings. stream so it. Throw that on the list. We should stream it, and then everyone can watch, and it'd be hilarious. We have a Twitch. We do. Oh, yeah. We, we haven't. We haven't really used it. Currently but. use it too often, but that's because we. Don't know. How. Yeah. But yeah. we'll watch some process videos. <laughs> we'll make some process videos. Make yeah. Oh, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Full they they almost what? like snuck in the back door of um, learning things, right? Yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. normally you, you go out and you seek this content. Like when you want to learn something on YouTube, you type in like, I don't know, origami or something like that. Mm-hmm. When you watch these mm-hmm. process videos, it's like they're kind of sneakily working their way in. <laughs> yeah. And even before all this you know got big with social media and the internet and all that there was also people like bob ross yeah, yeah. oh yeah people like norm abram and the new yankee workshop or this old house you know yeah. i don't know anything it has about woodworking kind of been going on for well, a while but mm-hmm. like and now that i think about it like process has always been a big fascination by the general public yeah, like, yeah. how think, did you do it yeah it's yeah. cuz think about it, like what are some of the like highest selling pieces of like entertainment memorabilia a lot of it's like animation cells. Yeah. Hmm. Right. Animation, animation cells are extremely rare, hard to find, and sell for a lot of money, especially for like the originals. Yeah. yeah. Because people just want to know like 
what, how does this actually happen? Right. I think mm-hmm. another thing, and Alex, you kind of hit on this earlier, is that the process, it does, it humanizes everything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you see uh, a final piece, when you see this beautiful piece of art or this, like, really cool boat that some dude made out of a children's playground, you're like, what the fuck? See, here's, and, here's the interesting, and it, uh, while it humanizes the artist, it also does this kind of side back door thing where I think it adds value to the piece mm-hmm. as well. Because, like... Because you're emotionally invested because you've spent a lot more time on it. Correct. Or you understand, you comprehend, like, the person who made this spent a lot of time on it. You can go to Target. You can buy a vase mm-hmm. for twenty four ninety nine, mm-hmm. Or you can... You seem like you know that price very well. Or you can go to Jade. <laughs> and you'd be willing to give Jade upwards of $80 for a vase that she made because you know that her heart and soul is in it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't made by machines. Yeah. And I think that maybe that's the reason that the process videos are starting to take off is because we live in an age where everything is factory. Everything right. is made by machine and it's this general concept of everything is mass produced. Yeah. So it's it's nice and it's kind of like like both of us touched on it, it's humanizing mm-hmm. to buy it's from people. Almost. Yeah, to buy from people who make it. And along with that, like it makes you really understand why some like handmade things are priced also mm-hmm. how they are because like a handmade like vase is going to cost you a lot more than a I, general so the two professors that i know of at nku northern kentucky university where uh everyone at this table has actually gone to this is the second <laughs> podcast in a row we've mentioned in yeah <laughs> <laughs> i just want to say for the record uh i've never been there i don't know where that is <laughs> no i just want to say for the record in my personal opinion they're better schools. Let's move on. Okay. Ooh. We can have a conversation later. Wait. There are better schools for certain subjects. Hard Other enough. subjects, Wait. They, they do have very good Alex, schools. Alex, is it just yeah. you and I here that dropped out of school? I don't know. Do you have a degree? No. Me either. Okay, cool. <laughs> I got <Okay>. two. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, more, more about the whole mass production thing. You're talking about an economic theory called uh, economies of scale. Which is when you have these massive corporations, these massive factories, they can get materials and everything else and manufacture the process a whole lot simpler. Mm-hmm. And maybe even going off that is, uh, you guys have heard of the show How It's Made, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love even that watching that process with all the machines going, you know, doing all that. Yeah. That's cool to watch, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. It doesn't have to be a human making something. No. It's just this is a thing that was raw materials before, and now all of a sudden it's a plastic water bottle. Like, mm-hmm. how do you... Maybe it's it just also, like I think it also has to do with the fact that humans are naturally curious. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right? For sure. So like if you pick something up, if you're one of those people who just like asks far too many questions like myself, you just go, I wonder how they did that. Yeah. Or if someone ever looks at you and went, Do you know how that was made? Do you know where that came from? And yeah. then you naturally just I, I kinda, do. <laughs> you just kinda wanna go like, you know what? No. Let's find out. Yeah. And it how begins this whole right. like experience and journey of like learning about how something was made yeah Yeah. so i kind of understand like when you watch something be made it adds to the value of it Mm -hmm. um in at least and i'm talking like from a strict like an opinionated stance Mm -hmm. um but what i what i what i'm saying basically is that if you walk into a store a department store of any kind right and you look at an item on the shelf it has almost zero value to you Mm -hmm. other than like the bookmark on the shelf price mm-hmm. but if like if you go and buy a graphic t-shirt from a store you're like 
this is worth like five bucks. If they ask to charge like 10 or 15, you're like, that's crazy. I don't need this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then like if <laughs> your friend like designs and makes graphic tees and you know them and you're like, I know that they worked hard on this. I know they're passionate about this. I know they're excited about it. It adds value to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of the, the difference I think between like the mass manufacturing versus mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. like at home making and the yeah. process. Building. Yeah. And if you look at brands like, I don't know, Kohl's or Target or something like that, they try to make themselves seem like they're people in a way. Yeah. Yeah. That's their like, whole mm-hmm. positioning. <laughs> oh, look, we made this thing for you. We made this t-shirt for you. You didn't make it. <laughs> it was no. somebody a thousand miles away in a sweatshop in Vietnam, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think a good example of that too is like Kroger recently did a full rebrand oh, where yeah, they went did. from yeah. like just being the, the big blue, they just uh, went to the being big blue Kroger too. to being these like small individual, like yeah. almost claymation family units yeah, to like make it. everything feel more sentimental. I like it. Yeah, I do too. I think it's a little odd. Like it's, I, it's not what I want from a grocery <laughs> I, store, but yeah, I, do, I personally don't like it. Yeah. Like I don't like it for Kroger. That's and I'm fair. also kind of bitter about the fact that they went to New York to get it done when there are three major <laughs> industries in Cincinnati right That's here in the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm still that bitter about. That is unfortunate. Yeah. But, I mean, to loop it back around social media with, like, these companies, they are, they're taking advantage of social media in the sense of um, they are, like, taking these accounts and hiring people to, like, respond to everything and to make jokes and make cracks on, like, mm-hmm. people's... Right. Wendy's is a good example. Wendy's yeah. Oh, yeah. Really no, well. they do the clap back all the time on all the other ones. <laughs> I will say, I did not want Arby's until I started following the nihilist Arby's Twitter account. Ooh. Exactly. How about that? I know it's not, like, an actual, like, branded Arby's thing. It's just, like, a parody account. Right. But I actually want Arby's every, like, whenever I see that. Social media marketing. Like, we all know about, you mm-hmm. know? Quick interruption. It's this will not be in every podcast thing. You <laughs> son of a bitch. He has a soda Listen, pop. I am a thirsty boy. An alcoholic a soda pop. Mm. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan Geis, for the little bubs. You know what? Uh, if I think, I think if I saw the process of Ryan Geis making beers, <laughs> yo, it's I actually think, incredible. It's, I think that if I saw it, it, I you may can have go it. watch it. Yeah, interesting. Have you been to their to their uh, brewery? Okay. The one in Covington. Here's a little secret. I'm gonna out, I'm gonna out myself in front Cincinnati. of all of you our right. audience. Ryan Geis is Cincinnati. You right. I'm gonna I'm gonna out myself in front of all of our audience uh, who's who's listening. I am not a fan of beer. I can't drink beer. Uh, I, have, I think you said that in the previous podcast, yeah. I maybe. Well, no, I edited that part. <laughs> so he said it. It's awkward. not. He felt too much shame. I felt ashamed, so yeah. I'm bringing it up now to be a man about it. Um, <laughs> I can't drink beer. If I taste beer, it makes me want to vomit immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just can't handle it. I don't know why. I'm working on it. Have you had a little bubs? No, we're in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> It tastes like cider. You know what? It I has to do with it. the process of making it. I will try it. I can, it's part I of the appreciation. It, so I'm sure you can Live on the podcast it. right now, I'm going to attempt to drink this. Live on the podcast, we're going to listen to Alex vomiting. Get a little closer to the mic. There you go. I want to hear the slurp. That's not a fun face. No. <laughs> it tastes like bad apple juice. That's yeah. fair. So That's why don't you just get a bottle accurate. of apple juice and enjoy Thank yourself? You. Because... I enjoy the process. <laughs> and here's the process of Alex getting drunk. Yeah. <laughs> nah, one sip ain't gonna do it. Some of the top hashtags on Instagram when you search art, right? Are right here. We have 
artists of Instagram at 7,762,078 posts. I've used that. Yeah, it's a number. Artists <laughs> on Instagram, 5,753,386. And this is as of uh, probably like 3 o'clock on June 17th. So may change, probably will only get bigger. And then there are, I don't even know how, there's two, like, this one I don't even know how to pronounce, but it's another art is something, and it's 4,517,126. Can I try? Yeah. They're passing around a note sheet. Ooh, you do not want me to try this no, one. No, I know. I just <laughs> so You should have read that word and said that was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, let me see. Uh, it says artist anal. <laughs> That's legitimately, that's, I wrote it down word for word. That's what it is on Instagram. Hashtag. That's artisanal. Artisanal. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't. Like, like an artisan. artisan. Spring. Yeah, artisanal. Yeah. The way that she wrote that, I read that as artisanal. Artisanal. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, what? Maybe, uh, this is what you get when you drop out of college, kids. <laughs> that's what happens <laughs> when you're two little bubs in. So that's you get the big stupid. <laughs> the big dumb. And then the interesting thing, I went, okay, so what if it's not art? What if we're talking about, like, trying to figure out how many people are posting about their process and, like, what, in, what tags they're using so I could, like, go and find this stuff, right? Hmm. So I just typed in process. And it went, the second term, when you type in process, autofills, is art process. Hmm. Hmm. So obviously a lot of people are using it to the point where if you're looking for process, you're probably looking for art process. Yeah. And then I did a quick little search of in progress. And I would say like 80 to 90% of all of the posts that I saw under that hashtag were art or art adjacent related. There yeah. were like some Fitzbo stuff in there, but like most of it was art. So I thought that was really, really cool because you have literal millions of posts, which means you have probably into the near billions of people looking at these things. Yeah. Do you think that those hashtags are so populated because people have found that as a good way to advertise themselves? So here's the catch. So if you don't post at the correct time and you don't post the right materials with the right hashtags... The algorithm. The algorithm <laughs> says, go screw off, and no one sees your stuff. So something interesting that I, I was... I was trying to fit in, but then you walked me straight to, which is lovely when it happens on the podcast. <laughs> um, I was watching, there's a, look at me, there's a uh, comic book artist who I love, who, mm -hmm. if you guys follow me on any social media, his art is what I use as my profile picture on yep. everything. Okay. Because he draws a character who looks a lot like me and acts a lot like me. Yeah, um, Peter Parker. Kind of. <laughs> so the artist is Mercer Works, which you may or may not have run into. He I, makes comics. Now he's making a lot of political comics, which are really funny and really relevant. Um, but he was doing a live video the other day, and I saw that it only had like 20 people in it. So I jumped in, and he's like answering through chat. So I'm mm -hmm. talking to Ooh. him. And, yeah. um, and I ask him a question because he's doing kind of a Q&A as he's like, working on a process yeah. of yeah. like of like making one of the comics that he posts. So you're literally interacting with the artist as they make the thing. Which is awesome. Um, but mm -hmm. I asked him, um, I said, what is the best way to build a fan base? Because I'm always looking for advice from people who are successful. That way I, mean, I can apply it to our podcast mm -hmm. and how right. we do our things. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I was looking for the answer for. And he said the answer is frequency. Mm -hmm. He says he posts every Monday, every Wednesday, and every Friday. Yep. Yeah. Always at noon because... That's when the algorithm makes it so that the people are shown it. And yep. once the people are shown that, the more that they're shown it, 
the more devoted they get to the artist and what they're making. It's right. about consistency. Which is initially yeah. how I had found him because he kept showing up and I kept seeing his work and I kept liking his work. So eventually I just followed him. Yeah, but, on average, it takes about three to five interactions before people actually follow you. So here's so with all of that in mind, I think that now we're kind of getting down to the root of why these process things exist. At the end of the day, these artists are making a product that they're trying yep. to sell. Mm-hmm. And they are given this media where they can advertise this product, this vase, this like workshop in uh, clay spinning, which is what... Um, yeah. Something outside of just, like, Etsy or Yeah, sure, but that guy who who you follow, Tortoise. Tortoise. Mm -hmm. That's what Tortoise is trying to do. He tours the country Mm -hmm. doing these workshops. And and his account is to sell the seats at those workshops. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that when you're trying to sell these products, maybe it initially started as them just posting the end product. And they were like, I'm not reaching Mm -hmm. those three posts a week. Right. What would happen if I just started sharing how I'm making these things? Now they're hitting the three post a week medium, mm. and they're getting re- repeating like steps yeah. on what's going on. It leads to this final product that they're like, "Here, buy it." Like for Mercer Works, he was showing comic after comic after comic, mm-hmm. and then once his comics ended, he's like, "This actually was all for a book. You can buy this book, and it's sold out." You're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Because at the end of the day, these. They're satisfying to watch. Yeah. They have the back door of education. You get to watch the process unfold in front of you, which makes you feel like you're a part of it. Mm-hmm. And then you're devoted to the artists and you buy from them. Right. You buy whatever they're selling. And you'll find that, and I'm sure that you can probably confirm that a lot of these process videos, if you were to search artist process or any of those hashtags or mm-hmm. artist anal, whichever. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> That's what I look for. And you find one of these process videos. If you go to that account, there, you're going to find a link to the shop. You're going to find yeah. a link you're to f- their most recent piece of art that they're selling. You're right. going to find a link to their shop. You're going to find a link to their other socials. You're going to find a link to any other website that they want you to see. Mm-hmm. And that's you're, the end game. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> we're why... We're in the end game now. <laughs> we're in the end game now. And that's why the process exists, mm-hmm. is to get to that end goal of, I've made this. Now, if you want to support me and you like my content... You could buy it. Yeah. And people do. Well, think about that. When you talk about a performance, when you talk about performance as entertainment, and that's really what all this is, the goal is to buy the performance. Oh, yeah. The goal is sell to like... Sell tickets, sell yeah, whatever. Sell your tickets. Sell, yeah. like, and sell your tickets, sell your piece, right? So <laughs> people know that the process of consuming it is going to be fun, that they're going to become emotionally invested, they're going to want to become financially invested, and then you're succeeding and you get to repeat that cycle just over and over and over again yeah. until you can't anymore. And it's like if you're already working all the time to produce these final products, then you're always in the process. And any way you can monetize that process yeah. is for your own gain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're almost double dipping, yeah, right? For you sure. have the process and then you have the final piece. So mm-hmm. When you had initially brought this subject onto the table and was like, I want to talk about the entertainment of the process of Instagram, I was like, that's maybe a half an hour worth of content. Yeah, he was like, but, are you sure you can talk yeah. about it for an hour? I'm like, but, I'm man, sure. This has been a gripping conversation. Yeah, and yeah. honestly, like, I feel like it's not even been, can you talk about this? It's been a hard time shutting up about yeah, it. Yeah, because there's we so many stop. realizations that you reach yeah. when you start asking, like, why? Because that's the process. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> of wow. So, that, I mean, that's, honestly, that's what I was banking on for all this, because I knew that, only one person can say so much to a personal experience. And that's the thing about this mm-hmm. subject as a whole. 
it's an incredibly personal experience. But it's a personal experience that somehow everyone shares. Everyone's experience. Yeah. Because yeah. we've all made something. It's like reading the same mm-hmm. book. And I think that that at its core is entertainment. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a personal you're, you're experience. Building a community well, around that it too. everyone is experiencing. And it's like you have the two sides of entertainment. You have the side of like I've discovered this hidden gem that is mine. And this is like this is my show. Like, but then you have the other side of like Game of Thrones. The most fun part about watching Game of Thrones is getting to experience it alongside all the other people watching it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except for the last season. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't tell you how many times I've seen a process or seen how something went through and it blew my mind. And I went to somebody else and I'm like, you have to watch this. Like, look how cool this is. Yeah, usually that's me. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> that's what especially now that we're in are. quarantine. Yeah, it's a captive audience. I, mean. I know, we, we haven't left the same room for the last three months. Yeah, well, hey, but you guys thing. are doing great. We have a two-bedroom apartment. Two, I put air quotes around two-bedroom. Yeah, there's no walls. The other bedroom no is the bathroom. Basically. Yeah. You guys have the area you live in and the bathroom. That's yeah. the two. Yeah. <laughs> well, our apartment is technically two bedrooms, but we have these big sliding walls instead of doors. But the problem is, when you have a sliding wall, there's no sound insulation. There's no, like, real privacy. So, basically, for, like, the past, like, what, nearly three months? Yeah, give or take. Give about. or take. Michael, have sp- Michael and I have spent almost all of our time in the exact same room. And we're yeah. still not broken up. And I think that's a pretty It's a big accomplishment. Thing. It's yeah, a big accomplishment. A we did, throughout we did. that. Oh, boy. It that was, was an experience. <laughs> oh, mochi. I like Mochi. Mochi's a good, good girl. Jesus, sweet baby. Well, I mean, that's all super gripping, and like I said, I didn't think that we were going to fill the hour, but here we are at our one-hour mark. Thank you so much, Jade, for coming on the show, bringing this to our attention. This is stuff that I don't think I would have ever thought about. No. More than I think about it, like, regularly, just seeing it, being like, oh, that's cool. It's just content. It's like air. It's all around you. And you're just, like, taking it in. But but you don't think about it until someone introduces it to you. Mm -hmm. And that's really awesome that you did that for us. So. You definitely uh, opened my eyes to this world of Instagram art process and exactly why and how it works. Yeah. So thank you for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. Um, as always, uh, as, as it has come to be, um, next week we're going to invite you back for the quick this if you're cool with that. Love it. Do you think that you would be available to come back and do our quick this next week? Yes, for sure I would Cool, be. it's just like a regular version of the show. You just got five minutes, basically. Mm-hmm. Sounds cool. I'll have to figure out what I can shove in five minutes because if you guys haven't been able to tell, I'm very long-winded. That's fine. Pick nah. something that like usually would take someone a minute to talk about, yeah. and then we'll see what happens there when we go. give you five minutes to yeah. talk about it. <laughs> Without further ado, we're going to finish out the show with our quick this this week brought to you by Nick. Thick Nick, yeah. What you got for us, Thick Nick? All right, let's start that timer. Today, my fellow co-hosts, I come before you presenting something that is a little different than the normal Thick Nick quick this rant. And I'm not angry about anything this time. I just simply want to tell you about a show that's on my weekly, if not daily, repertoire of shows that I watch. So let's start with a non-rhetorical question. (laughs) Thank you. What is the polar opposite of a game like Bioshock or Control? The polar opposite of a game like that would probably be a game like Shovel Knight, I think. Or Minecraft. Something platformer and bright. Well, it's not a game at all. Um, well, <laughs> it's a show. Then it, what? <laughs> God damn it, Nick. Blowing your expectations. If you guessed The Great British Baking Show, you'd be correct. And that's what I'm here to talk about in it's my so quick good. this today. 
It's so good. I'm not 100% sure why I started watching the show, but it might be because Netflix is a frail shadow of its former self. Sure, they make great shows, and after all, they gave us Stranger Things and a thousand other Netflix originals that are forced upon you as soon as you open the app. But all those aside, there's one that stood out to me on that particular day, and I, I guess decided what it is? to give it a shot. It's the Great British Bacon Show. Oh, I want to guess. <laughs> <laughs> this quirky BBC show from across the pond will hook you from the very first episode, and it's hard for me to point for just one thing that I really enjoy about this show, because there's so much to love about it. There's the cinematography, the lighting, the quintessentially British way in which they go about everything that's kind of funny to a Yankee like me. And someday, you might have, after you've watched this show, you've been watching it for too long, when you notice everything starts to sound like normal English. They say biscuit instead of cookie, proving dough instead of rising. If those become commonplace, you've watched too much. <laughs> now, what is more alluring to me is that they don't include. There's, there's not like the, the music isn't all about the notes, but there's the space between the notes. And it's in sharp contrast to American baking shows. This isn't a hyped-up interpersonal drama that's a mainstay of cable networks over here. There's no bickering or the dumb drama noise or the screaming and yelling. The producers aren't there to create drama. They're just merely there to make this show that takes place about a baking competition. So you might be asking, how the hell do you even make a baking competition in the first place? Do they go about and say, go, and then the first one to make a cake wins? No. The rules are simple, and there's no points, but it starts out with 13, a baker's dozen, of amateur bakers that compete against each other in three rounds per episode. There's the signature challenge, the technical challenge, and the showstopper in that order, all with different criteria attempting to impress these two judges with their baking skills and creativity. A contestant is eliminated from each episode, and a star baker is selected at the end. So there's three challenges in one episode. There's one person who wins and one person who loses. They're selected at the end. This process continues until the final episode when there's only three left, leaving a winner and two runners up. It's strangely gripping to watch everyone put together these amazing cakes when you can struggle to make a boxed cake mix properly. But much like what Jade just artfully spoke about, it's the act of watching an artisan, an artist, create something from scratch that can be so very enthralling. But you don't have to be in the same room as the TV to follow along with the show. I got up one day, and I made a glass of chocolate milk, came back, and felt like I still knew what was going on. This is a show where it's okay to switch off the old noggin for a while. There's no politics or philosophy or woes of the modern world even to begin with. Which may even lead to the question, is this show even set on Earth, or is this some uh, ethereal dreamland that exists outside of our own mortal realm? Nick, you're doing it again. What? <laughs> you're overcomplicating. <laughs> Once again, leading to the great cinematography, there's the great setting to begin with, the pastoral British countryside in some park with an old-ass manor on it. There's an unavoidable old-world charm. charm. Oh, fast. Hurry, you're not going to finish. <gasps> um, <laughs> <laughs> the flowers are so vibrant, the contestants practically glow with life when they're interviewed outside. The kitchen is set in a pure white tent, with each baker getting their own island to work on, independent sink, stove materials, all that. And it's cut in with a shot of bakers scurrying around and the host banter with the bakers that's always endearing. And damn it, if there's one thing that I want you to walk away with when I'm done with all this, is that this is a wholesome ass show. <laughs> if this show was cereal, it'd be Wheaties, because it's whole fucking grain. <laughs> the people in this show come from all walks of life and represent a cross-section of all of the royal subjects of the queen without being tacky or forced. Not all the contestants are your typical white, middle-aged uh, lady that you'd expect to see on a baking show set in England. seconds. I'm not going to be able to finish this. <laughs> get to your key points. Okay. <laughs> but it's uh, you don't have to know where they're from or what they're about 
they're all endearing. You start with looks, and they start building out their personalities to you. Time. It. <laughs> Nick, if it makes you feel better, I love that show so much. Oh, yeah, no, it's a great can, show. Can I make my next quick this about Nick's, like, misuse of common rhetoric? What do you mean? Please explain. Let me ask a rhetorical question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he said, and I quote, this one isn't a rhetorical, Not rhetorical. question. He yeah. said... He said, what is the opposite of a game like Bioshock? And I'm like, what's the opposite game of a game like Bioshock? He's like, it's not a game at all. I'm like, oh, come on, man. You're just trying to make us sound stupid. (laughs) But if I may just conclude, um, it's okay to make mistakes because it's just like real life. Mm -hmm. Eddie Murphy's Law is always in full display. Nice. Um, (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) But... It's, it's a lot like real life. People fuck up and don't let their dough rise enough. They overbake the sponge cake. And what are you going to do about it? Throw it all away and start again or salvage what you have? You only have so many hours in a day and so many days in a life to make something that you're proud of. Speaking of which, I think my time is completely done. So with that, I want to thank you for listening and entertaining this. Go watch The Great British Baking Show on Netflix. I don't think you'll regret it. Chill out, have some chocolate milk, and enjoy life. You've only got one left to live. So I think hey, we need beautiful. to send this to them and just be like, yo, if you need an ad, if you want it like five, a five minute spot, we got you. Yeah. Want so, some snarky American talking about like an eight minute spot. Yeah. <laughs> some, something analogous to that is go watch the difference between the American like kitchen nightmares and I, the I've European kitchen nightmares. Yeah, they're polar opposites. Yeah, it's crazy. That's because drama exists differently. And I don't think a lot of people realize that like the different forms of entertainment exist differently in different cultures. Yeah. Like, British comedy mm-hmm. is a lot different than American comedy. <laughs> Some would comedy. argue it's not comedy to begin with. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, like, and I... I Try to be my gym. next quick this. I call it. Yeah, I'm going to go. explain Talk the difference it. between them, so tune in for that on my next quick this. Ooh. I'm not going to waste it now. Um, but uh, it, it kind of follows into the great British baking show, too. Even those shows are, like... Here in America, to keep the audience entertained with a cooking show, there has to be stakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But places like Great Britain... It also has to be tense. Yeah. yeah. They don't need <laughs> stakes. They don't need... Get out. <laughs> I love that we're in person again, so that I can give you the <laughs> Just leave. Hey, I like cake, okay? And whenever I, I watch like that steaks. show, I'm like, I want some f-ing cookies, you know? Oh God, so good. <laughs> Makes my mouth water. Mm. Steak does, too. It's all food. We're having Steak Friday. Yeah, it's going to be great. That's right. I'm going to eat four again. Yeah. The day this releases, we're all meeting up for a nice company. <laughs> <laughs> to go swimming and eat some steaks. Entertain this LLC. A sexy <laughs> company out. You realize now we need to take a photo of all of us together before we go swimming? Because otherwise it'll be a mess. And post it to the Instagram. Oh, yeah. We sure will. We yeah. should definitely do that. We Absolutely. We will. Follow us on our uh, Twitter and Instagram. I will tell you right now what those are as I'm stalling to look it up. Alternatively, if you go on our Instagram, we have a link tree set up so you can follow us on. Mm. Yeah, we do have a link tree on our Instagram. So probably go to Twitter. that one first. On our, yeah. on our Twitter, we are at entertain underscore this. And on our Instagram, we are entertain this podcast. There you go. Yeah. Enron, Spotify, uh, Google Play. And Apple Podcasts. We and Stitcher. Do, we do also have a YouTube channel set up where I uploaded some of the older podcasts for people who don't have Spotify and don't have the opportunity to listen to it through those ways. I still want to give them opportunity. So 
Um, and I will eventually get all of the episodes up on there. Just <laughs> it takes time to upload an hour long. Yeah, you're fine. YouTube. You're good. But without further ado, thank you guys so much for watching. We really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. We hope you had a good again. time, Jade. Thank you once again out. for coming on. It's fine. We're good. Okay. What's happening? Cool. You Nothing. You're good. <laughs> I'm deaf in that ear, bro. I don't know what you said. <laughs> you said watching. <laughs> uh, you did it again. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Thank hey. you, Jay, for coming on. <laughs> See you, you guys next week. Bye bye. Bye. bye, -bye. Thanks for watching, everyone. Man, fuck you. <laughs> this week's episode was hosted by Nick Mustakangas, Michael Savoya, and Alex Steele, with special guest host Jade Thrasher. Our intro music is Rush Bubble by Aaron Spencer, with additional music by DJW. We release new episodes every Friday. Thanks so much for listening.